Hi, everybody, and welcome to the keynote by CNBC Events. I'm Sharon Epperson. On this podcast, we bring you in-depth, candid conversations with executives, experts, and thought leaders. On this episode, you'll hear from Susie Orman, a personal finance expert, Emmy award-winning TV host, New York Times best-selling author, and host of the Women and Money podcast. Susie spoke with my colleague, reporter Christina Partsinevelis, on April 11, 2023, as part of CNBC's Women and Wealth Summit about how to save for the future during times of high inflation and looming recession, plus advice on the best ways to make your money work for you. Here's their conversation. Susie, thank you so much for joining us uh, today. I, I I don't like starting on a bad note, but it seems like this talk about inflation eating away at uh, consumer wallets across the country and then this impending recession. You know, how do you tell people out there to, to prepare for this recession if you even believe that we're in one? Yeah, you know, the most important thing really for everybody to understand about their money, whether they are in recession with the economy, or we are not, is that you have got to live a life below your means, but within your needs. You've always got to be prepared that something could happen in your own life, like an illness, an accident, a layoff, whatever that may be. And then what would you do? So your goal, no matter what else is happening in the economy, in my opinion, is you have got to get yourself out of credit card debt, You have got to have at least an 8 to 12 month emergency fund. You have to be funding your retirement accounts and you have to really get a grip on your money and not go, oh, my God, we're in recession. We're not. And blame it on anything that's happening out there. You have to take your own power and become powerful within you and take your financial future in your own hands right now by really making wise decisions no matter what else is happening. Given your expertise, do you have a a perfect formula for, uh, you know, how much should be in an emergency fund versus how much should be in retirement and how much should be used for discretionary items? What percentage would you suggest? Yeah, I'm not somebody who believes in you can only put this much here this much there because every one of your situations is so different. It's not even funny. You have five kids. You're going to be different than if you have no kids. You live in a city like New York or California, and it's going to be very different than if you live in Iowa or wherever it may be. So what you really need to understand is that you should always be funding your retirement accounts. The sooner you could fund, I love Roth IRAs or Roth 401ks or 403bs. You have to make that a priority and you should absolutely be maxing those out no matter what. In so terms e- of an emergent, you're going to say something? Well, yeah, just because we have one audience member, Natalie, and she's saying she's she's barely breaking even because she has extremely high child care costs and obviously housing costs. So what should a woman like Natalie do when she says that she doesn't even have money to stick into a retirement fund? First of all, you have to get it where there is a will. There is a way, Natalie. And you have to strike the word can't out of your vocabulary, seriously. So where are you spending your money? Have you gone through every single penny that you spend? Now, I know that a lot of you think, I am living paycheck to paycheck. I never do anything. I never do this. I am willing to bet every single one of you that there's something that you do with money that you should not be doing. Do you go out to eat every once in a while? Rather than going out to eat, what you should be doing is taking that money and doing what? Putting $10 in a Roth IRA, whatever it may be. 
but you have to make yourself a number one priority. And if that means you have to get two jobs, if that means you have to get three jobs, you have to do what you have to do, but you can't use what's happening as an excuse. Now, why can I say that to you? Because out of the 40 years that I've been doing this, I have watched what women have ha have had to do in 2007, 2008 to keep everything going. You are a strong woman, Natalie. So don't say you can't. You have got to start saying you can and I will and then you will. For all of our listeners that say they can and they will, what do you suggest they do with that small savings pile? Do you think it should be in a high yield savings account, uh, a CD, a certificate of deposit? What do you suggest? I suggest that they should open up a Roth IRA, listen closely, everybody, and within the Roth IRA, put it in a high-yield savings account. So open up an account at a discount brokerage firm, wherever that may be, and put the money in a high-yield savings account. Why? Any money that you originally put into a Roth IRA, you can take out without any taxes or penalties, regardless of your age, or how long the money has been in there. So now at least you've put, started to put money in a retirement account. Hey, if an emergency happens, you just go there and you take it out. It's just that simple. But at least you get into the habit. I would also automate, meaning I would choose that you do $50 a month, $100 a month, whatever it may be, and automate it and you will find that you do not miss it. That's how I would start if I was everybody. You briefly mentioned things that you should avoid and one of them being, you know, not eating out as much. But is there anything else that you suggest that we maybe got wrong? Like, I think I saw in one of your articles about leasing a car. So why is that a bad thing? Leasing a car. If you lease a car and you begin to lease a car, you're going to lease a car for the rest of your life. Don't all of you one day want to own a home so you, you don't have to keep paying rent, 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 and rent that goes up. So leasing a car really is a very inefficient way to use your money. What should you be doing? You buy a new car, but a car that's used. You don't buy a brand new car off a lot because it will depreciate 10, 20% the second you drive it off. Look for a used car that you can afford. How do you know you can afford it? If you can finance it over a three-year period of time maximum and afford the payments, then you can afford that car. If you have to go to five years, seven years or longer, you are still buying too expensive of a car. If, however, I'm just going to say you live somewhere, you're in the military or whatever it may be, and you're only going to be somewhere for maybe one, two, three years at most, and you don't want to have to deal with selling the car after that, in that situation, I don't have a problem if you lease a car because of how expensive cars are. But normally, that's not the situation for most of you. What about your thoughts on the housing market right now, given how high interest rates, the 30 year fixed well above 6% and you still see, uh, you know, prices, you know, they may be coming down a little bit, but would you recommend buying in this kind of market right now? It depends on your situation. If you have money to put down, if you have a secure job, if you're able to afford the monthly payments for a mortgage plus your property taxes, plus your insurance, plus maintenance. I don't have a problem if you want to buy, but you really have to understand what you're getting into. If you can't afford it, 
all right, you might want to continue to rent. The worst thing you could do right now is buy a home, possibly lose a job because why? Maybe the recession is company is coming. I personally think it is. But let's just say that's true. Inflation is still high. And here we have Powell wanting to reduce what? Employment. So now you lose your job that way. And now you have a house that you have to make a payment on. And if you can't, you can get yourself in trouble where they repossess it. So be very, very careful still in many areas where it comes to buying a home. Now, a popular question amongst our audience is, how much money do I need for retirement? Two uh, women, actually, Karen and Lou, both asked the same question. So what do you tell them and our other viewers and listeners? Yeah, more than concentrating on how much do you need, I want you to concentrate on how do you right now take the steps right now to get rid of all the mandatory payments that you have in your life. You own a home. All right. And you're going to keep that home. I want you to have that home paid off. Your number one priority by the time you retire, you have a car and a car payment. I want the car payment to go away. I want all your credit card debt to go away. I want all your student loan debt to go away so that when you do go to retire, you don't have these mandatory payments. The less payments you have, the less you need to generate the payments for those things. So what do you all need to do? Every single one of you needs to do the following. You need to live below your means, but within your needs. What is a mean? A mean is you want to go out and spend money. All right. To do what? To go out to eat. Oh, you see something at the store that you want that you don't really care about, but you still buy it. What is a need? Medicine, food at a grocery store, gasoline to put in your car. Live below your means, but within your needs. How do you do that? Every time you go to spend money, you ask yourself the question, is this a want or is this a need? If it's a want, do not buy it. And third, can you just all get as much pleasure out of saving as you do spending? Because I have found when you feel that you live paycheck to paycheck, I have found that when you don't think you're going to have enough money for retirement, I have found that you are scared to death. You spend more than when you feel less than. Fear causes you to spend. Once you start to automate savings and you love savings as much as you love spending, I'm telling you, you will not be living paycheck to paycheck. Well, hopefully, Susie, with the 10 minutes that you and I just had uh, chatting and your podcast as well, uh, Women and Money, I hope that no one will fear what's to come in the markets with their finances, with anything, because of uh, just the advice that you're providing. And I definitely took some notes. So thank you, Susie. Anytime. Take care, everybody. Bye-bye. That was personal finance expert Susie Orman. She joined us at CNBC's Women and Wealth Summit on April 11, 2023. The keynote is produced by the CNBC events team. If you enjoyed this conversation, please share it with your family and friends. You can visit CNBCevents.com to learn more about upcoming events and how you can join us. I'm Sharon Epperson. Thanks for listening.